Welcome to Reactive. My name is Khalil and I'm here with Raquel. Hi. And Tanning. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Raquel, you're Hello. calling in live from the mountains. Where are you right now? Yes. Uh, I am in Lake Tahoe, California. Woohoo. And it is gorgeous outside and it is snowing. And I've been skiing. I've skied for two days so far. I'm skiing for two more days and then I'm taking a weekend off and then I'm skiing for two more days. <laughs> I'm just skiing so nice. much. It is so fun. Oh my goodness. And I have no idea what's happening at work. None <laughs> at all. That's how it should be, I, I guess, right? Yeah. I, I shut off Slack from my phone and from uh from from my computer and I turned off Twitter and I like I'm still getting emails every once in a while, um, but I just delete them immediately. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whatever, not a big deal, whatever. And so I have zero idea what's happening in the world, um, except for like I did, I did, I did um, because I didn't have Twitter. I learned at the last minute about a new social network called Peach. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Nope. Oh, okay. So, so Peach is Twitter-ish. It's not quite Twitter. Um, it's a little bit more like it. It's it's just a new type of overlap. Basically, you have to friend people, so you can only see each other's streams if you're if you're actually friends. So, kind of more like Facebook in that regard. Um, but it's instead of sending like long messages of things, you can. They're like little magic keywords in your message that you can like draw a funny picture or look up a funny gif uh, on the internet via via jiffy um you can uh you know play a song or tell the current weather or whatever and it's just it's kind of fun it's just like a fun little network i've only friended like 10 people and it's really cute i've been like sharing pictures of my dogs in the snow it's really <laughs> i'm into it I like it. It's like, oh, this is this is fun. This is what Twitter used to be like back in the day before people had like tweet streams and um or Twitter storms or whatever and and uh you know got angry about things and When did this come so, into into life? I, I want to say Friday. <coughs> I th- I well, for you or Friday. just period. That's when Peach came online or what? Uh, I don't know. I imagine it. I imagine it coincide pretty closely. Oh. I mean, I found out Friday night. Okay. But at which point I signed on because I wanted my username because you know there's only one Rockbot. Let's everybody know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it sounded like all my other friends who are like super duper duper unbelievably early adopters had only found out about it earlier that day. So. But the thing is, uh, you can only add people via your contacts. Is that correct? Uh, no, not necessarily. You can add people, like if you know their username. Oh, okay. Then you can add them. Oh, I'm going to add yeah. you then. I thought I can only okay. add via the phone number. Oh, no. No, you can add me. Just ah, cool. <laughs> I'll see if you, if, if you will friend me back. <laughs> <gasps> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> Drama unfolding no, right here, live. Oh no! <laughs> no, she can't get on her on her device, so because then it'll yeah. shut well, no, down her yeah. internet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, 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 no. Wait. It's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, I'll I'll report next time. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I I also checked it out, but there's nobody like nobody I know is on there, of course, because these uh, things. Okay. Uh, don't really reach Europe uh, so early. And then, like, mm-hmm. nobody's... And also, the people I know are kind of older. I mean, they're mm-hmm. as old as me. and and But most of my friends, they really... They don't give a, give a crap about these uh, internet thingies that are coming uh-huh. out. Yeah. I don't blame them. <laughs> There's too many of them now. I mean, yeah, it's too many. Really just, just alone, you know, people don't understand when... 
like in our kindergarten, for example, they wanted to make this WhatsApp group, right, to talk amongst the parents and organize stuff. And I had to mute it because there's too much chatter on it. Because I have, mm-hmm. I have, let me think, WhatsApp, Viber, um, Hangouts, Slack, the mm-hmm. Facebook Messenger, iMessage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's six messengers on my phone. That's insane. Yeah. And now it's starting. And then don't forget Twitter. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, and, so. and now Snapchat is really getting really big. So you have to update Snapchat, <laughs> and you have to update. Um, um, there's also another app called Beam where you can also share little videos, a few second videos, and then also Peach now. So every morning, get up first, you know, two hours, you just update all your social networks. Check 10 apps. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, nobody should ever have to do that. I think that's ridiculous. Nah, you should I have just like, like one Peach, or two. Like, yeah, Peach is, is genuinely whimsical, and I really like that aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty and, cool. Uh, yeah, so... We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm pretty quick to just kind of ditch things when I'm bored with them. So this is why my only social networks are Slack, if you can call that a social network, and Twitter. Like, I still use Facebook a little bit, but barely. Um, but since I got rid of Twitter for vacation, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I found out. So we had we had guests come over, and I was like, so what news of the world do you bring us? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, we have very sad news to report. And I was like, what? What happened? And they were like, David Bowie died. Oh, and yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> Damn it. But other than that, that was the only piece of information that I really needed to know. And even yeah. then, you could argue I didn't need to know that. But it was, it, Still it was sad. nice to know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> but anyway, so what's been happening? <laughs> what news do you bring me? <laughs> <laughs> well, something you probably already know, and I think it was this past Tuesday, so yesterday, the uh, various versions of Internet Explorer went into non-support mode. And I don't really know if that means anything. I mean, they're going to be around forever anyway, but at least it's some sort of gesture. Um, it doesn't really affect me, so I can't speak uh, to it too much. But um, I think it has to do... or. It, probably is more related to something that you've been playing with at least before you went on vacation, right? Mm-hmm. With the browser stack yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, so um, we can get in, into that in a minute. But uh, so we've been looking at our stats at NPM quite a bit. And it turns out that like less than 2% of our users use any version of Internet Explorer at all. And then... Of those 2% of our users who use Internet Explorer at all, like 99% of them use IE10 or above. So, like, the people who use IE8 are, like, a percent or, like, a fraction of a percent of a fraction of a percent. <laughs> are they, are <laughs> so they geographically like, located somewhere specific or is it all over the place? Um, no? Just I curious. don't remember looking. I don't remember yeah. looking specific because basically it came down to there are three users who are going to be really bummed that <laughs> <laughs> they're not on IE10. Yeah, or but or NPM or users aren't really representative of, of internet no. users in general. I mean, not at all. We're yeah. not at all. So yeah. for us, we, we just said, you know what, for the 10 people on the planet who use our site, <laughs> we're just, I'm sorry, you're going to get a, a really basic experience. Otherwise, you know, I would imagine that if you're still on IE7 and you're visiting npmjs.com, <clears throat> at some point you will you will find out that it's time to upgrade your browser or change browsers to, or whatever. Because we have so many Chrome users, it's it's unbelievable. Um, so it's it's for us in terms of our user base, we I've I've cared zero at all. I'm like I don't I don't know. I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's I think it's really interesting that Microsoft has finally said, you know what, it takes too much effort for us to to worry about these things, um, so we're just going to stop supporting it. Which basically just means that if if the the worst thing that happens is that somebody comes up with a virus or some sort of hack that can get through some sort of security vulnerability uh, via IE eight or nine or whatever. Um, 
then you're vulnerable and your only option is to upgrade as opposed to getting security patches and stuff like that is my understanding at least. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Khalil, do you worry about these things? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's a non-issue. Moving on. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, not, not really. No. I mean, uh, uh, so practically when I do private projects, I don't care when, um, Mm -hmm. When, when, when at work we have like a split thing going on. So there's me- measurements and, uh, <clears throat> we have to support, I think up to I, I 11 or 10 or so. Not sure. And then, and mm-hmm. then there's an extra like app that takes care of, of, uh, fi- the other 5%, you know, mm-hmm. of the users that then use, you know, older browsers. And that's mm-hmm. just like a super simple, kind of yeah version mm-hmm. of the app so thank right. god i don't have to yeah. <laughs> so much about this <clears throat> um but it's but it's great to see microsoft moving on though they also open mm-hmm. they also open sourced uh i mean they they announced at jsconf at the at the last call jsconf that they will open source their uh, javascript engine and they actually did that today I think. Oh wow! Oh, nice. Yeah. So the Chakra nice. Core is on GitHub, actually. Sweet. Yeah, it's cool. And yeah, they've, uh, they've uh, in general, I think, really, really. I think we said this before, but they're trying really hard and they're moving open source big time. So it's very interesting to see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Yay, Microsoft! <laughs> yeah. Never thought I'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, Henning, you were, you were mentioning uh, browser stack. So, yep. last, uh, last, right before, so on the Friday before I left for vacation, I left on Saturday. Um, so, on Friday morning, no, Thursday night, it was Thursday night. I put in a pull request finally to finish this one awesome project that I'm so proud of myself with. Um, so the problem was that we have a bunch of tests. Um, so every, every good project has tests. Uh, for us, though, we have unit tests for our website. And then we have what I'm going to put in air quotes, like air quote integration and air quote tests. So not really integration tests because a proper integration test uh, has no mocks, uh, doesn't call internal servers. Like It actually does the full test uh, beginning to end, talking to all the different services, all the different APIs, et cetera, et cetera. And so what we've been doing has been these mock integration tests where we use a, a module called NOCK, N-O-C-K, to mock different requests uh, for the APIs, et cetera, and then returning the data that we're expecting. And at least from a unit test sort of perspective, everything's working A-OK. The problem comes when you know that your tests aren't perfect. They're not fully covering everything. And you can't know. And and that's OK um, as long as you catch the moments when it's broken and then fix them. Um, but a full integration test is in, is super, super valuable because when you break something by accident, you want those tests to totally break so that you are immediately notified. Um, and in particular, we have a few different routes where we take payment from people. And there have been a few times. Oh, I should also mention, we have pretty good coverage. I want to say about 85% coverage unit tests on our back end. But for all of our front end tests, so all of our client side JavaScript has no testing whatsoever, <laughs> which is really bad. Really, really, really bad. Um, so a lot of our billing stuff happens on the client side. And um, and there was a there were, have been multiple periods when just out of sheer just playing around, our CTO found that he couldn't buy things from us. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my goodness, Ooh. what did we break? Mm. Um, and, and so we were like, okay, this can't keep happening. We need to automate these tests. And so, um, we had when one of our team members, um, Aria Stewart joined our, our team, she came from PayPal and she brought with her, she said, Hey, 
you should, we should totally be doing some sort of like, like full on integration tests. And I was like, does that mean we have to use Selenium? And she was like, probably. But if we use Selenium, there's a really great uh, uh, framework called Nemo, like Finding Nemo. Um, and it's basically a wrapper around Selenium, but it's it, it's a node-based wrapper around Selenium, which it's actually pretty nice. And it's actually pretty straightforward and easy to use. Um, Selenium is kind of hard because it, there's just so many little intricacies and it's Java-based. And um, when you're used to a node stack, it can be really difficult to context switch. But Nemo makes it really easy. So we started implementing Nemo tests for our integration tests, specifically on our payment routes, just as a, as a starter. And it was in like, in like a separate repo, just as a, because you don't want to integrate it all immediately, just in case everything goes south. Um so we did that, and it was pretty successful. But we had to run all the tests by hand. Like we had to remember, okay, we pushed it, we pushed the new branch of staging. Now let's run the tests. Okay, cool. Uh, everything's fine. Let's go ahead and push to production. But this again was not fully automated enough. So what I did was I set it up so that we had. Um, so I had it so that I, so I moved all the tests from that other repo and put it into our main website repo so that everything's all like all the code is in the same spot because it was so easy for us to write code write the unit tests for that code and completely forget to write integration tests for the code because the integration tests lived in a different repo and that's just again too much context switching we need to make it easier for people to remember to write tests so we did that uh, so i moved everything over and then we used travis as our uh continuous integration framework and um, or platform rather, and and I, so I wanted the tests to run every time we only push to staging. And so I think I mentioned before on this podcast uh, that we have kind of a magical deployment system where if you if you force push to a branch called deploy hyphen staging, that will automatically deploy all of our code to our staging server. And if you force push to deploy hyphen production, then it'll deploy everything up to our production servers. And so it's this wonderful little magic thing that goes on. Um, and so what I wanted to do was when we deploy to staging, I also want to run our tests against staging. Um, and I want it to happen using browser stack because I want to have an automated service that will take videos of the the tests being being done. I want it to take snapshots of pictures of things when the tests fail so that we can figure out what the heck went, like happened. And most importantly, when it de- when it deploys to staging, if if a if the integration test fails, I want the entire branch to like have a huge warning like the tests did not pass. So, um making it nice and automatable. And so I actually I managed to do it. I I was like super super proud of myself because it turns out in Travis, you can set up little scripts that say if the branch that I'm that I'm using for this push uh, happens to equal this specific branch, then run this script instead of the main script that you were originally going to be running for all the tests, and then um, set it up with a browser stack account, and then so everything happens over there. And now we have the opportunity to say, okay, well, which browsers do we care about? Um, which machine? you know, OSs do we care about and all that stuff. And it was really, really awesome. I was really proud of myself because I, A, had never really worked with browser stack before. B, had never dived in as much into Travis before. And none of this was really programming per se. It was all like kind of opsy. And I was like, look at me. I'm so <laughs> awesome. Yay! <laughs> it is awesome though. How how does, um how fast does that run on... On browser stack, uh, it's pretty. So the good news is that browser stack has figured out. So the way that you write your Nemo tests, you can either put everything in one big file, or you can have them as separate test suites. And browser stack is smart enough to know that each test suite should be on its own VM. So um, that part is pretty. It can be pretty fast. I think they let us have like two or three VMs synch- at the same time. So and we have about. 20 tests it's not much to be sure not yet um but to start it's pretty okay and um so and then i have timeouts of about two minutes 
on each, which again, not ideal. Uh, no, I lied. Four minutes. Uh, there's some flakiness going on with our our tests, so there's still some tweaking to be done. But um, I would say it takes about five to ten minutes. Okay. Which not ideal, not at all. Um, yeah, I just had no, I had no concept but, of how. I would assume that it, it's much, much slower than you know unit tests, obviously. But oh yeah, I didn't know how. It's how a lot slower. It yeah. Okay. Yeah, it might actually only be like five minutes, but um, yeah. but waiting for Travis to run those tests that can take a little while, uh, and and then the tests themselves, I think, take about five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Which, eh, meh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> for me at least that is awesome um, very cool yeah so i'm hoping to write that up in like a blog post at some point and i'll share with everybody but if you want to I'll, I'll include all of the links for all of the fancy terminology that i just used um all the different services etc and we'll put those in the show notes so very good i was proud of myself <laughs> <laughs> awesome congratulations Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really that's really good. That's really important. It will mm-hmm. definitely improve your lives. Yes, yes, it will. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we cool. also we also have uh, integration tests, and uh, but yeah, all together. Let me think. Uh, for all our tests to run, so if we have a merge request. Going to a master branch, then all the tests run. And I th- I'm not sure if end-to-end tests are also running, but uh, everything all together because it has. Then it creates this whole new build, and so we use Jenkins to do that. And uh, I think it takes like 15 minutes for our app. Right? Wow! Now. Is that in-house the Jenkins machine? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> And there's a lot of, apparently there's a bunch of performance improvements that we can uh, do and that we will do. But um, yeah, but right now that's how long it takes. Okay. But hey, it's better than nothing. I mean, it definitely, yeah. uh, it's still, it, 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 you can, as long as, you, as long as the test runs, you just do something else and then, and then uh, you come back. So basically it's, uh, yeah, so you finish your task, then you, you uh, push the, the merge request and then the tests run. And when it's green, when everything's green, then you put it into review. <clears throat> Basically, that's the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but but that definitely it helps us keeping keeping everything kind of in line and and the and the code quality as high as possible. Uh, yeah, so so it's definitely uh, I, I really uh, it's so important. It's really good. Yeah, I was a little bit shocked mm-hmm. when you said you didn't have anything like that. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a learning process. There's, uh, of there's a bunch of stuff because, especially NPM, the project was for so long a one-person side project. So yeah. it's like, oh, who puts integration tests on all of those things? And then um, when I rewrote the whole website, I was just like, I don't have time for all of this stuff. Unit tests. I can do that. I can do unit tests at a minimum. Let's just get that done. Yeah. And then now it's like, you know, almost two years into the company and it's like, okay, <laughs> time to grow up now. Let's put on our big kid pants and <laughs> have some integration tests. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really cool, though, that these, these things are also available as services now. Because when I started working with continuous integration, I think it was Hudson. Is that that's a predecessor to Jenkins, I think? They're somehow related, aren't they? Yeah, something like yeah. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, yeah, you've got to set up this monster on your internal machines and and run it there, which was great once you got it to work, but it was very painful, so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's not Sir it's Travis, not code chip, and all these things now, yeah. that's totally awesome. Yeah, that's true. Cool. <clears throat> right. Heading, what's going on? And you're hey, that's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you had i am uh yeah it's still um still trying to get used to the the whole sleep situation which has drastically changed and uh yeah it's challenging mm. so it's that work and preparing for the uh talks next month oh, that's yeah. about it i don't think i've yeah i've been on twitter but very very rarely mm. 
So don't really know what's going on aside from that uh, Internet Explorer thing. <laughs> so I'm out. <laughs> yeah, so apparently, oh so apparently um, the... The, I think Jan from JSConfEU, he posted a blog post today on, on the JSConfEU site about JSConf Beirut because it's not clear uh, in the post what exactly happened, but um, what is very clear is that JS, the JSConf kind of community or organization that is JSConf that, that, that has uh, a specific standard when it comes to um, uh, code of conduct and stuff... <clears throat> So basically, they enforce a code of conduct um, when it comes to other conferences that are also allowed to call themselves JSConf or be kind of considered in this uh, JSConf, what would you say, like context or world or whatever. And uh, so, and apparently, they, they were breaking the code of conduct uh, repeatedly even after uh, trying to fix it and talking to them. And so they're officially not so recommended anymore to go to JSConf Beirut. Oh, wow. The JSConf people, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little sad, but uh, mm -hmm. like Jan said, it, it's my, I, that, that's, what, that's what you have to do sometimes if you enforce a code of conduct. And if mm -hmm. it doesn't work... You know, then, then you have to you have to you have to do that in order so that people keep trusting you in the long run. Right. Right. Definitely. Did they? Did he say what what the violations were? Or no, didn't he? It didn't say in the post. <clears throat> you can go and read okay. the post on JSConf EU on the blog. Uh, okay. No, it just they just said that those uh, there were some violations. Um, I think also by the uh, actual organizers and um, oh, okay and yeah and it was just ignored or whatever when they wanted to try to to clear it up mm. or fix it or whatever because they That's were reaching bad. out and uh, yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's too bad but there are enough other conferences uh, actually um on that note uh, today the uh CFP thing went out for Empire JS in New York. Oh, nice. Have you have you cool. ever been to uh, Empire JS by any chance? Uh, I have not, but I do know the organizers, and I've heard nothing but good things. So yeah. if you are, um, I do know that they cover travel and and stuff like that, which is really great. So if you are uh, interested in you know a trip to New York, <laughs> yeah, uh, to hang out with some really really cool people, uh, the New York JavaScript community is incredible. Um, really, really, really fantastic. So, um, definitely submit those CFPs. Um, it, that's, that's a really, really incredible conference to be part of. Definitely. Cool name. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> when is that taking place? That's, uh, late May. Uh, okay. it's pretty soon actually, if I, yeah. for a CFP to oh. go out now. Um, Yeah. And then there's Scotland JS, as we said already, and a bunch of others. And um, <clears throat> what's also interesting is that there's actually a conference coming up for um, for Cycle JS. So it's the Cycle Conf, the first ever Cycle Conf is going to happen, which is going to be pretty small, most likely. And uh, because the author of Cycle JS is in Scandinavia, I think he's in. Where was he again? Uh, Uh, I, don't, I don't remember right now, but uh, he's in, definitely in uh, Scandinavia, and the cycle conf itself will be in Denmark um, on the twenty first to twenty fourth. But that's all. That's all that is clear so far. Um, I'm. I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I can to 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 go there because I'm very interested. I really like uh, the community. is very friendly, and uh, and I like you. Like you know very well. I'm very. <laughs> I like this uh, framework a lot, and. Um, so, uh, yeah, this this could be really interesting, especially to to kind of participate, uh, from you know from this early on within that community and um, to see to see um, the first ever conference happen and maybe even see it grow over the years. That would be mm -hmm. super interesting. Yeah. 
Are you just going to try to attend or do you want to try to speak or? Um, I would definitely try to speak. Um, mm -hmm. I'll see if, if I can, if there's anything I, I could talk about. But so far, there's only a date and a picture of the location, which is pretty sweet. That location looks pretty <laughs> cool. It's like a, it's like an, it's just a cool office or something like that. Yeah. I think, I think mm -hmm. they expect like maybe, I don't know, 50 people or something like that. Mm -hmm. So really, really small. It's more like a meetup, but it's going to be a conference. So that's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And Very cool. Yeah, and and uh, so I've been helping. So I've been helping the organizer of Stuttgart JS to um, to kind of uh, pimp his uh, framework, uh, pimp his framework, his his <laughs> his, his, his meetup um, a little bit because the Stuttgart meetup was it was regularly every month on the first of first Monday, and it has like four hundred meetup uh, members. So, right, you know, like people who get the meetup yeah. emails and, and news and stuff. And, and and often there were only like seven people showing up and stuff. And it, wow. was, oh, no. it was just kind of just, just like trotting along and nothing really was happening. I was there once. I didn't really enjoy it. But it, that, that was actually under a different organization. It was different back then mm. also. Um, but since so so basically the organizer reached out t to me and um, and Evgeny who's organizing uh, Karlsruhe and Frankfurt JS with me and our our meet meetups there they they go they they go quite well I would say and uh, so he kind of took note and he was asking us if he if we have any tips or whatever so I met with him because I'm in Stuttgart too and um, and basically told him you know like. Uh, There, maybe there's a couple of things we, you know, he could change, and then I could help him to get some speakers. And it looks like so today actually is the first Stuttgart JS meetup um, with this with a, with a new concept basically. So basically, so they're very simple changes. So basically, um, we said so our recipe that we use in Karlsruhe and in Frankfurt is basically we have a company that sponsors the um, event, basically hosts the event and they take care of te the, the tech. They take care of, you know, that there's enough um, chairs and uh, they take care of food and drinks so, so that people can just come and um, just relax and they get food and don't have to think about anything right there's no nothing to pay for and stuff and uh <clears throat> and and then and then we're trying to find interesting speakers and we really we really were lucky to get a lot of cool speakers from all over uh, germany and um and so so with stuttgart js before it was like you had to pay for your own drinks and so so that was uh, not ideal, I would say. Like there was no mm -hmm. food maybe even. Sometimes there was like a pizza sponsored. But I think it's important to just make that like a given. Have the companies, you know, somebody find somebody who is willing to sponsor that because for companies that's good marketing and it's not expensive for them. And um, so basically, um, so today there is there is a speaker there that was also in Karlsruhe and in Frankfurt and he's he has like a little roadshow where he's talking about javascript tooling um all the tooling he presents is from Microsoft and Microsoft is also kind of sponsoring his roadshow like they pay for his his trips and for the hotel and uh, uh and but he's he's a good speaker and and those and like Microsoft does super interesting stuff in that area so um, so we kind of connected them with uh, him with the Stuttgart uh, organizer, and he's there today. And apparently, there um, are 40 people there today, which is awesome. And nice. uh, yeah, so I'm definitely I'm looking forward to uh, to also working with with Camille. Camille is the name, the organizer of uh, Stuttgart JS, and and try to get some helping with the speakers a little bit and. Uh, We have something lined up, I think, for for February already, and uh, so that's that's pretty pretty cool. Wow, really so you're nice. in, in, got your uh, or working on three three JavaScript meetups. That's yeah. With this with this <laughs> one, I'm just helping. Like the thing is, you know, like getting speakers for me, like it extends to just. At least, you know, with the people that I know personally, it's just like I'm, I DM them on Twitter and then see if they're 
up for it, you know, and some of them are, some of them have, most of them all, they like to do it, but some of them can't or whatever because they mm. don't have time. But mostly that's all, that's all the work I'm doing, you know, when it comes to finding speakers. So, so to, to, so as long as I don't have to do anything else, organization-wise with this third meetup, um, that's totally fine, you know. Uh, mm. I, I, that's definitely something I can help with and uh, I'm happy to do it because I was a little sad that Stuttgart didn't have a good meetup because there's really no mm. reason why there shouldn't be a good meetup. And I saw pictures now on Twitter and it's uh, it's like there were even a few people that had to stand because there was not enough space so that's <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah <laughs> very cool that's awesome. yeah. i was i had this crazy idea which i think is too crazy and i should not do it but um so like in 2015 i did my first talk in in spanish and that went really really well um german I you to sneak I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that I should. I, I told you it's a crazy idea. Look, look, um, look! I can get you into. I can get you into all the meetups in the south. All the meetups. I can, I can do Frankfurt oh for you. I can get you in Karlsruhe. I can get you to Stuttgart and to Munich. Oh all of wow! Them. Wow! I can do all oh, of goodness. them. Goodness! I'm going to Munich Jazz tomorrow. <laughs> And there's there's even there's Franken JS. I also know the organizer from Franken JS, and then there's I think another one. So you could do like yeah. a meetup. You could do like a meetup tour. I could totally organize that for you. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that could be really really fun. But it, I think it's a crazy idea, and might have to wait till 2017. But you know, right. let's 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 think about this. I'm ready. You know, Just rock back to Germany. Yeah, rock back exactly. to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. The Rock, Rockbot Germany tour of 2017. Let's make it happen. It's yeah. awesome. Oh my God. That'd be so fun. That'd be so fun. And he'd be like, why the hell are you doing this in German? You speak perfectly good English. We all speak perfectly good English. Just shut up. Just do it in English. Be like, no, I want to do it in German. <laughs> yeah, you should. That'd be awesome. Oh, uh, that'd be fun. I, yeah. think, I, think that, I think that could be a really entertaining thing. That's a great um, idea. I saw the video. I saw the video of, um, so I, I got a, an exclusive peek of the the video from the uh, JSConf Colombia where I did the talk in, in Spanish. And it is so funny because it's just like, like you can tell I'm nervous. I am never nervous when I give talks. Like I, I've, I've gotten the nervousness like talked out of me, if you will, just because I've given so many talks now. It's not a big deal. Um, but this one in Spanish, I was shaking. I was literally shaking and I couldn't. And like my husband's looking at the, at, at the screen and he's like, you look nervous. And I'm like, I know I'm so nervous right then. And then, and then about halfway through the talk, you can see me go from nervous to like relaxed, but then about 10 minutes or like, no, not 10 minutes, like five minutes after that, you can tell that I'm exhausted. <laughs> I have used all of my vocabulary. I have done everything I possibly could to get to this point, and I still have ten more minutes to go. And I am completely cooked. My brain is no longer functioning, and and like my mother got to see it, and and she was like, "This was a really good talk. You were fantastic. You need to do more of these because <laughs> it was really obvious that I was just like." Oh my god, I can't I can't do this anymore. But I still have 10 minutes left to go. <laughs> I'm so tired. Cuz if you think if you think like like speaking in another language, just like having a conversation in another language is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Now doing like a talk where you have to keep people engaged and keep yourself like animated and excited and everything and it's just like afterwards I was a zombie. I was a total zombie afterwards and you could t- you could see me moving into zombie mode. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, I mean, oh, I can no. imagine that that's extremely hard. I mean, I, you know, I did the two talks, Frankfurt and Karlsruhe, and I, well, Frankfurt's English anyway, but in Karlsruhe, I asked to do it in English too, just because I didn't, I don't, I can't do it in German. At least I didn't think so, you know, not, not without oh, yeah. extensive preparation, even though I speak fluent German, but not <laughs> technical German. <laughs> so it's, it's a big difference and it's, it's definitely... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. E- exhausting yeah. is, I think, the right word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is with German also is, like, there is, I mean, there is technically, there is German words for a lot of those technical terms in programming, mm-hmm. but but most people really don't use them or 
or maybe some of them are just don't exist because they're too new or something like that. So it, I think that that would be especially if not used to talking about the technology in, in German, then you're constantly in your head, you have to switch back and forth between this. It's very confusing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of funny to hear the, the talks that are in German because there's so much English in yeah, it. Yeah. It's like 50% <laughs> almost yeah. English yeah, because it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, 2017. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's let's make it happen. The a big Rockbot uh, JavaScript meetup tour uh, extravaganza. I think, I, I think it should be a reactive. I think it should be a reactive tour. Cool. And then that way I can drag the two of you with me. <laughs> That'd be crazy. We have to get it sponsored, though. Like, all we should right, we'll, be, like, we'll sponsored by NPM and uh, <laughs> Kellogg's Corn Flakes or something like that. We'll see. We'll do <laughs> Kellogg's Corn Perfect. There we go. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, that's the plan for 2017. Awesome. <laughs> Already making uh I'll do it. Making this, what are they called? Jeez. Now my my brain is fried. Um What is it? We're, a we're... resolution. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the 2017 yeah, resolution. This is a concrete plan. This is not a resolution. <laughs> this is already in motion. This is happening. <laughs> Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! All right. So, so the other thing is, so since I've I've removed Slack for the most part uh, from my phone, what's been going on in the Slack channel? Like, I I opened my computer up and saw like there were a billion unread messages on the reactive Slack channel. Mm. What is going on? Does anybody have like the gist of what's happening? Well, I think um, we hit like the 10,000 uh, message limit, which doesn't really mean much except for searching, I believe, right? They don't get, ar- yeah. they get archived, but we don't have access to them anymore. And right, I- unless we pay for them. Yeah. But we have to pay $7 per person per month, which <laughs> ain't nobody got money for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just so- thought that was interesting. That's, wow, 10,060 people. Um, but the, yeah. th- the conversations that I followed, and I just did it sort of on the periphery, was a lot about... Um, Jobs and head head hunting, I think, or um, recruiters. Oh, recruiters! Yeah, yeah. like uh, yeah, information right. or advice about that was was asked for. And um, what else? What did you see, Khalil? Yeah, so the recruiter thing, uh, recruiters thing was uh, was a bigger conversation, and then um, yeah, so and also one of our Slack uh, members came on and said that they had um, a th- a job interview, um, like, the th- like the third job interview with a company that they really wanted to work oh, at, right. yeah. and it didn't work out. Yeah. A- and, yeah. and yeah, so it was a little bit sad, and she, and she was, uh, she was, you know, she was basically saying, hey, this happened. What should I do? How should I feel? This is kind of weird. This is sad. And then kind of everybody came in and 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 built her back up and stuff. And so and I I, and I totally believe that you know, um, this is this is awesome that she got those interviews in the first place. And mm-hmm. and but there is really no shortage for jobs. And it and I think that she so from 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 what she said is that that basically. Um, I think the latest one um, was yeah it was with a company that's that's typically popular with developers. So when you have when you have those those companies that are so f- kind of famous in the developer space, then then typically I would say those get so many. Even though developers are hard to find, those companies don't really have problems finding developers, as far as I know. And they they have a lot of um, qualified people um, sending in um uh applications and stuff so it's harder to to basically land your job there but that doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you or you're not qualified or anything like that and it's totally fine that that happens and you just go on and get another three and one of them will be the right thing um mm-hmm. and 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 it will happen for sure right. yeah i mean cuz if those companies are are even you know hiring remotely then you have to sort of keep that in mind is that you're basically competing against the 
pool of developers on planet Earth, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of big. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah. That um, yeah. yeah. That's really really hard. I mean, and you see, I don't know. Yeah, you just have to sort of keep that in mind and and stay grounded, I guess, and, and realize that mm-hmm. the competition is just enormous. Yeah. And it is. Yeah, but I think that the advice that you had that you know, the fit the right fit will come along at some point. You just have to keep at it. And I think a, a very good thing that you also said was, you know, basically don't see it as a failure, right? And it's basically practice for the next one. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I, I, I yeah. love I love using interviews as practice. I uh I once interviewed at a uh a a social network company that does lots of tiny messages <laughs> across lots of people. Um, and I didn't, peach? I didn't, no. I didn't, peach, no, exactly. no, it wasn't peach. It was peach from existence. Not naming names, not naming names. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I didn't even get past their, their uh, like, so they do, they do a first round, like, re- like the in-house recruiter talks to you and just makes sure that you know the difference between Java and JavaScript. Um, and then I went to the, f- like, that to me is like a round zero. And then I did a round one with two different developers and it was a remote interview. So just like a phone call, but with like the, you do a an interview over like online while also talking to them on the phone. So like they can watch you code. Um, and that was such a horrible, horrible experience for me. I didn't make it past that round at all because they were like, well, you don't know jQuery well enough. And I was like, you wouldn't even let me look at the documentation. What developer on planet Earth doesn't look at documentation yeah. for coding? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway. That's so weird. All that to say that even I <laughs> did not get past a basic JavaScript interview <laughs> for uh, a you know <clears throat> particular little social media company. Um, and where little means, you know, the messages are little <clears throat> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and that was okay. I mean, like, uh, I mean, did I go home and cry afterwards? Well, I was already at home and then I cried. Yes. Uh, but the good news was that it wasn't actually my first choice job. Um, and it did, it did clue me into a lot of things about like, okay, this is how people are interviewing. This is, these are the things that people need to know. Um, fine, I'll review some Java from some jQuery type stuff. But ultimately, I came to the major conclusion of if a company isn't willing to hire me because I haven't memorized the entire jQuery API, then maybe I don't want to work at that company because mm. to me that's not real engineering. That's just uh, monkey coder or you know coded monkeys, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm not a code monkey. I'm an engineer. Yeah. Um, and so. But these are these are things that you will never know unless you try, and it can be extremely frustrating. And I've I, I know people who've been on that on the end of things where it's like I've interviewed at a hundred places and nobody will hire me. It's like okay, that really 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 sucks. Um, then l- let's come up with a new game plan. But if it's only been a couple of companies and things just still haven't quite worked out, um, it's an important moment to kind of review who are you talking to what kinds of companies are you going after is is it just the companies that have a name in a major space is it a company that a recruiter has pointed you to um i have a lot of opinions on recruiters but i don't have to share those now um but yeah so hiring and searching for jobs is a whole like slew of it's a whole game it's a massive game that you have to be ready to play, um, and it can be really, really exhausting. But yeah, and, and also along the lines of the the practice for going on on you know many or multiple interviews, it's not just practice to figure out what you need to know, but it's also for you to get an idea of how companies interview because I think the interview yeah. tells you a lot about the company and the team. So then mm-hmm. I think you get a really good idea of what you get a better idea of what you're looking for and what to look out for on interviews and what red flags are and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's never, um, you know, a failure, I believe. It's, there's always something to take from it and to apply 
for, you know, or apply to future interviews. Definitely. Yeah. Totally agree. I had, totally. when I was looking for a new job, uh, that was at the beginning of last year, I think I started looking, um, <clears throat> or the end of 2014, the, a recruiter from Facebook actually, uh, reached out to me and said, um, I don't know, I found me a GitHub or something and wanted to see if I know what JavaScript is. And, um, and, uh, so, and, and, and I said, I'm going to go along with it, but really it just, but it was kind of, uh, half heartedly because I really didn't want to mm -hmm. move to, you know, to America to work at Facebook. I didn't because I don't. Mm -hmm. I just don't like Facebook. <laughs> it was really the only reason. I I like what they do in engineering uh, in JavaScript and stuff. It's very Im impressive, but I just don't like that product. And and um, mm -hmm. and so I was not really like super into it. But I was really curious about how this would go. You know, if it just go along, it was just something I did on the side, not super serious. So. But I, of course, immediately was like disqualified. Like they, they sent, I think they wanted to have me code something and I was allowed to use a framework to code. I don't remember what it was, a little tiny mini JavaScript app. And I used jQuery to do it. Of course, I mean, I mean it, and they were in the middle of just like pushing React and stuff like that. So I should, <laughs> I'm sure I should have reused React or whatever, but that I sent that. I did that thing somehow and then sent it in. It was, and it was over basically, but it was, um, but it, but it was, it was kind of still interesting just to do it, you know? And the recruiter basically mm -hmm. said, so um, basically um, I'm going to give you this code thing and then you send it, you send it to me and I will send it to our technical guy and he will basically determine if you get to the next stage And, mm -hmm. and if you don't get to the next stage, um, I will, I will contact you again, but I can't tell you why it's just going to be, you're not, you're not going through and I can't contact you or we can't have any contact for a whole year, but maybe I will contact you again next year or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That is so ridiculous. I have heard that it's thing so about weird. the six or 12 months with with companies. And I think Facebook was mentioned too. What, what's the, do you know what the deal is with that? I don't is know. I like, think, I think they're just really aggressively hiring. Like they, it, it, to me, it seemed like, because I didn't, you know, like it was not a paid recruit. I mean, it was not an external recruiter. It was a Facebook internal recruiter. And I don't know how they found me, maybe because uh, through, you know, me doing meetups or something like that and and some open source work or something like that. And I think that they just aggressively just, you know, because it, I'm in Germany, you know, like they just really aggressively trying to, to find good people everywhere. And then, and if you don't qualify, then they might come back in a year or whatever to see if, if you're a fit or something like that. If you've evolved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, I, I just not. think it's so ridiculous. The whole, the whole notion of here, please use your free time to do this test that we've come up with so that we can decide if you're good enough, even though we, even though we reached out to you first, right? Yeah. Like, I can almost understand why you would do it to somebody who reaches out to you, right? So like, yeah. like if I'm a company and you reached out to me and then I said, okay, I have no idea who you are. Here's a basic, you know, you know, coding test. Can you please prove to me that you are competent enough to do this? But at the same time, I hate coding tests, hate them with a passion mm -hmm. because it's a huge barrier to entry for people who are not like it's a huge luxury to have free time to work on doing work for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and by asking people to do work for free, you're actually completely excluding massive segments of the population from working at your company. Mm -hmm. Like you are being uh, restrictive before you've even started. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that that's fair. I think that if you want to be a global company, I think if you want to have a global user base, you need to have people from every single walk of life who can do all sorts of different things mm. who maybe don't have time on the weekends or in the evenings to do a stupid coding test. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just don't have time for that. 
How do we yep. fix it? I have ideas, but we don't have to go into that now because we're running out of time. But <laughs> <laughs> I have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. But that's a really good point. I didn't even consider that. I mean, it's true. Yeah, not everybody has that time, and right now I don't. So. Yeah, exactly. No. It just doesn't exactly. work. Yeah. Like if you're a single parent and <laughs> like yeah. with with a kid, and mm. you know you're working a full time job, no. Yeah. No, you don't have time to do any coding on the on the you know weekends or whatever. Does your company need single parents? Yes, <laughs> like. Um, but anyway. Yeah. I oh, and, I, I, and also she also explained to me the whole um, how like in in the case of my test, um, you know, getting through or whatever, like the positive uh, case, how that would work, and basically um, they would in they would. I think I would get on a. I think the next I would have been get on a call maybe and do like a, an interview in the call. But also then after that they would decide if they would want to fly me in mm -hmm. to an interview. Also they would fly you over and then they would like talk to you there. And if that goes well, you fly back and then you, and then they decide if they want you. And if they want you, then a whole other process starts. Where with like getting the visa now and like that, like because you have to move, like they don't hire remote workers and stuff. So then you would have to figure out. And I think it, the, it would have been like they expect this whole process, I think, to go at least six months or a year or something like that. And then wow, that's get you over. So it's amazing how much, uh, you know, how, what it all entails when you, mm -hmm. when you are uh, a big company, a company like that and you aggressively try to hire internationally and everybody has to be in, uh, what's it called again, that place in California uh, to work. Uh, in Menlo Park. Yeah, Menlo Park. Or Mountain Sorry. View. Are they in Menlo Park or Mountain no, Menlo Park. View? I think they're in Menlo Park. Yeah, it's Menlo yeah Park. they're in Menlo Park. Yeah, so that was yeah. pretty interesting, yeah. But and what was actually really frustrating was that even though I didn't put, you know, my heart and soul into it, but just to have no feedback at all, that's frustrating. I yeah. I don't, and I think that's also what our Slack member said. They also can I think she she had two or three interviews already and they went pretty well. And then and then And then they said, oh, we're going to go a different way or something. Mm -hmm. And they weren't able to give her any feedback either, like why yeah. they're not choosing her. Do you know if there's any like legal stuff, why they can't do that? There, or? There's no real legal reason. Um, most of the time it happens to be um, – so there are lots of different reasons or possible reasons why they wouldn't tell you. Uh, the first one being they don't want to hurt your feelings, which is – unlikely because I think most people would actually benefit from the feedback yeah. uh, more than anything else. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, number two is that they, uh, the reason that they don't want you is something illegal. <laughs> so they won't tell you <laughs> because they don't want you to sue them. Yeah, yeah uh, of course. Uh, a, a third reason, which is a little bit more practical, uh, is that they have so many candidates that to offer that opportunity to all of those candidates would be time consuming and um, just it's just not feasible from a time standpoint to give individual feedback for everybody, mm -hmm. um, especially if number four, the person like the recruiter, the person who's who's talking to the candidate is separate from the technical team. Um, because then the technical team might make the decision, say, okay, this isn't going to work out. And then they have to tell the recruiter, hey, sorry, we're not going to go forward with this candidate. Now the recruiter is the one who's the monkey in the middle has to say, sorry, they're not going forward. Um, and no, I can't give you the, the feedback of reason why you're not moving forward because I'm not a member of the technical team. I don't know. Um, and there's just no way for me, like, like, I, like there might be rules within the company that says that the recruiter is not allowed to go back to the technical team to be like, hey, you rejected my candidate. Why did you do that? I need to give that information back to the candidate. Mm. Um, so it could be on a company, on a company level. Uh, most often it's, it's just, I would say 90% of the time, it's that companies don't spend the time to think about, okay, we should add feedback to part of our recruiting process. 
And so because it's not part of the process, they haven't allotted time for it. So they haven't actually gone through and, and figured out, okay, well, this is how, um, this is when we're going to give that feedback back. Um, I know that at NPM, uh, if you email us and say, hey, why didn't I go through? Uh, we might be able to. A lot of times, at least for us, it it simply comes down to, like if you make it to at least the first or second round where you're talking to somebody, we're more likely to give you feedback of why. Um, but if you put in your resume and then you get an email saying, um, thank you so much, we think you're awesome, but we weren't able to you know, make an offer for you and never gave you an interview or anything like that, then that's just because we have so many people applying like there's no way we can give you feedback because we never actually met you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so, uh, and again, it's by no means personal at that point. It's right. just a, there were so many candidates, there was nothing we could do. Yeah. Um, but, but don't, don't hold it against some companies who are like, Oh, well that person wasn't a culture fit. And it's like, <laughs> I've, I've heard many BSE things in my life and that is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the term culture fit. Um, so, you know, uh, opinions. I have them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but those are some good insights and that, that, you know, it makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't, yeah, it doesn't make business sense probably in most cases to, to right. spend all right. that time, you know. Right. So, Which to me, the reason that like, that's why I tend to apply to companies where I know somebody on the inside who's not just the recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, just mm-hmm. so I can get that kind of information yeah. be like, Oh, why do you think this didn't work out? Because especially if it's a technical reason, the only thing that's like, it's not going to hurt them at all to tell you why on a technical level you didn't make it through. Right. Like if somebody were if, like, I, people definitely told me, well, sorry, but your understanding of the jQuery API wasn't sufficient for our, our requirements. And it's like, okay, good news. I hate jQuery. <laughs> I would have been miserable at your company. So fine. Yay. Win, win out all around. Um, I don't hate jQuery. Sorry, jQuery. Y'all are awesome. Just, you know. Yeah, just a little. Don't bit. know your API inside and out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I think that's all of our time. We made it for um, another show. Yay! <laughs> I think uh, I think no new Slack members. Um, mm. is no that, new is reviews. That, am, I, am I lying? Is that true? Not I sure. haven't noticed any. No, I haven't noticed any new ones either. Okay. We had a penguin avatar, did we? Oh, uh, Juan Lopez. Uh, oh. I think I think I think we shouted out to him last week, but okay. if yeah. not. Double whammy! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Double shout out! I mean, wow! Yeah, that's 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 a win! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay. Uh, um, okay, yeah. So, so, yeah. so, yeah. So, we need more. Of course, like we need more people to shout out. So, everybody, you come into the Slack chat yeah. and uh, and be shout outable. Thus, yeah. yes. And yes. join in on these really cool conversations about exactly. job searches and recruiters and ES6 and Babel 6 and whatever other random things people talk about on our Slack channel. Um, and when I'm not on vacation, I may even join in on those conversations. <laughs> yeah. When you're not Sorry. on the slope. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's hard It's hard to Slack and ski at the same time. I'm just saying. Uh, startup idea. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> huh? No. Huh? No. <laughs> No, there are enough people taking calls while on the slopes that I'm just like, I just give them the side eye, like. <laughs> really? You're skiing. Like Watch out for the tree. Like, on the phone. Like marketing meeting calls oh or something like that. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's the hot thing, right? Be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally a startup co-founder. And, um, you know, I got to take this call right now. But, yeah. hey, man, I'm, on, I'm at the top of the slope. Like, you know, and, and you just hear the like. <laughs> Right, like I can't imagine why. Why would you? But anyway, so awesome. That's like it's it's the the comedy just writes itself. It's great. Well, uh-huh. should be we a Silicon Valley on. episode. You know, like startup oh, founders on the slope. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Instead, just 
mock them on reactive. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Signing <laughs> off. I am Khalil tweets yeah. on the Twitters. And um, we also have a reactive Twitter account, which is called the reactive pod. And the show notes are on reactive.audio. And I am Rockbot on Twitter. Um, though, if you reach out to me right now, <laughs> um, or I'm also Rockbot on Peach. Hey! Um, <laughs> but definitely come into our Slack channel, which you can find the link to on our show notes. Again, reactive.audio. Um, come join in. It's a really fun place to be. All right. And I'm H. Gladder Gods on Twitter. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, you need yeah, a simpler I, name. What? You need a simpler name. You should yeah, just be I do, H I do. or something. HGG, but that was taken. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so if you would like to leave us a review, we would really appreciate that. So if you just go to the show notes and uh, check out, there's a link at the bottom that'll take you to the right place to do that. We'd much appreciate that. Thank you. And talk to you next week. Yay! Bye. Bye. Bye.